Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KMOX is at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service. Now, here's your host, Mike Miller on KMOX. Yes, folks, welcome and thanks for stopping by. We'll be taking a good gardening stroll shortly. If you have any questions or comments about your outdoors, 314 314- 436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Every Saturday morning, we get together to discuss your yard, your landscape, your garden, your house plants, potting mixes, soil improvement, pruning bugs, diseases, whoa, and weeds. Man, this year it has been weedy. Planting to removals and making the best choices. Remember, my words are there to open opportunities. Afterwards, it's efforts on your part as this is a great marathon. Sprints generally don't happen in the outdoors or even, I mean, they happen with houseplants because you're buying them already grown. But uh, you can buy some things and make a quick sprint with plant material, but a lot of times it's still going to take care on your part to keep them alive. So it is a marathon regardless of what it is. This is your show, and I appreciate you being here. And thanks to Matt. He's producing today. I'm Mike Miller. I've been hosting the Garden Hotline since 1994. Five gardening books I've written, two are currently available in various locations. And during the week, I do landscape. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I don't know where the cough button is. And anyway, I can't touch any buttons because they might be diseased. They tell me, don't touch any buttons. No buttons. During the week, I do something I call a walk and talk. So you can go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com. The homepage will have my email address and phone number where I can be reached. And then we can set up a time where I can come to your home and take a look around and help you with anything. Today's Good Gardening Stroll is brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. It's mid-spring. Can you believe that? Spring started in when? April? No, March 22nd. And we had uh, a month there in April. So we're kind of at mid-spring. It's Mother's Day weekend. Sun rising continues to migrate north all the way up until June 22nd. Then it starts migrating back southward. And around my yard, our yard, uh, back along the alley, that narrow strip between the garage and the alley, the lemon verbena, I keep digging it out and throwing it away in the yard waste uh, dumpsters in the alley. But it, it's prolific. It is just exploding with growth. Also, the coneflowers, which are self-seeded from a garden or a yard down the street, the seeds blew in, and now I've got my own little colony of purple coneflowers. There's a rescued boxwood that I'd moved back there thinking, well, this is going to be the end of it. It's a microphyllum, small leaf boxwood, and... I didn't know if I really wanted to keep it or not. I have pruned back my winter creeper, Euonymus winter creeper, which is very aggressive. Uh, some sprigs just, uh, they were out in the alley kind of. So I just stuck them in the ground to see what would happen. And that was like three years ago. And now I'm probably going to end up taking them out. And uh, also there's some gold moss, sedum acre. Gold moss is that ground cover, sedum. It's uh, in the bloom now, so it is very striking. Also, 
that goes from that bed along the garage to a couple wedged areas that are just kind of solo, you know, in between the street and the sidewalk. And then it came streaking down several different uh, ways between the sidewalk and street also around the north side of the house and the west side as well. On the north side foundations, well, what's going to be there? Well, there's also with that is the yellow creeping jenny, which I call yellow money ward. So I have a combination of the gold moss plus the creeping jenny in that bed space along the north side. In my backyard, the zoysia is actually looking pretty good. I have several pots, one with herbs, one with uh, elephant ears, one with cannas, and knockout roses. Whoa, they are striking. I planted some moonflowers about a week or so ago. I'm still not seeing any above-ground growth yet. And uh, Tracy in the backyard also has her solar-lighted bottle tree. She's always wanted a bottle tree, so we found one that has solar lights in it. And so we've got it out there. And uh, it's not really bottles. We've got, well, I guess they are bottles. They're not technically the bottles that you always think of with bottle trees. But... uh, Along the north side, too, of foundation of our house, that's where the mugo pine was that was getting just, you know, a lot of sawfly larvae were there eating a bunch of the needles. But the candles are really elongating, but you can still tell where the needles had been chewed off by those stupid sawflies. There's clumps of hosta, there's Japanese painted fern, there's a woodland fern as well. A variegated brunera. Don't know what variegated brunera is? B-R-U-N-N-E-R-A. Check it out on the Internet. Purple coral bells as well. Kitchen window, I've got window boxes with pansies in it, and they are looking pretty good even now. They're elongating, yes, because it's really warm. Flower size is getting a little bit smaller, so they'll probably have another couple weeks, and then I'll give them the... And along the front sidewalk, though, I've got all kinds of things, everything from... I've got some seedlings. Apparently, there's a juniper someplace close by because the birds are eating those blue fruits on the junipers and then sitting in all the trees that we have around our house, the uh, sugar maples. And they're dropping, (laughs) let's say, seeds. And I just, I almost have a cedar farm or juniper farm or whatever you want to call it. And uh, I have put some of them in pots just to grow them to see how well they're going to do. So I've got along the front sidewalk too, there's some artwork, there's gazing balls, there's a fountain, and uh, I've got some pots filled with crotons. I have all kinds of uh, castor beans planted in some of the pots. Some of the you know castor beans are coming up that actually self-seeded themselves from last year's plants. Caffer lilies as well. There's a pretty good-sized boxwood. There's a Leland cypress, and they continue to dominate that view. And around the uh, Christie Park side... There are two more pots of knockout roses. So I have four different pots of knockout roses, and man, oh, man, they are great. A trellis is standing there waiting for some more moonflowers to grow, just like on the fence in the backyard. So we're just kind of sitting and waiting for those. And the Zoysia lawn zips across the front of the house. Midspring report from our house. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service on KMOX. Yes, folks, when I was talking about the good gardening stroll around Tracy and my yard, uh, one thing I forgot to mention is I saw a huge amount of red clover mites all over my driveway. Clover mites are not the classic mites that do damage to plants. But they are a little bit scary because they can be on your patio chairs, your patio tables. They can be all over anything, your sidewalks. 
They're small, probably, I mean, millimeter-wise, who knows. But anyway, they're tiny red dots, but they're not like some of the mites that you can't hardly see without a magnifying glass. You can see these, but they really don't do any damage to the plant material. They're just a real nuisance because if you set your glass down and put your elbow down next to your glass and you've got red clover mites on your table— you're going to squash them, so you're going to have that stuff left on your table, and you're going to also have it on your arm. So watch out for the red clover mites. The warmer weather has brought them out a little sooner than anticipated. Gloria lives in St. Louis. Gloria, how are you today? I'm doing fine. I would uh, ask you about, um, I'm trying to plant some watermelons, and where I got them plant, I got some uh a rock in there, I can't get them all out. Can I put some of this uh, car wood or plastic and dip the dirt up and put the watermelons in? You mean, let's see, so you're saying the area where you're trying to plant the watermelons, you have a lot of stones or rocks in that garden area? Yeah, I have rocks there. Uh, rock only? I mean, there is soil, correct? Yes. Oh, th- you probably. Now it is because I've got some of them out. Yeah, you probably you know you probably shouldn't have that much of a problem with just leaving the rock in place as long as you got some adequate soil. This you know the watermelon seeds should sprout, and then of course you're going to fertilize them as you normally do. But that shouldn't really be a problem. Actually, that may help with some of the uh, situations where uh, poorly drained areas. You're not going to have that if you do have stones or rocks in the area where you're trying to grow them. Oh, oh, okay. Another thing I want to ask you. Thank you for that. But now I want to ask you about the zorga grass. My zorga grass is terrible. But I just bought some plugs. But uh, do you have a better way to uh, plant those plugs in the ground? No, there is no better way. Basically, you got to dig a little space, basically the same size of the plug. Don't just stick it in the same ground and make sure that spot is well-drained because zoysia, if, you, if it's a low spot, and you don't have anything growing in there, it's probably because whatever was growing there initially, whatever type of lawn, it drowned. So you got to make sure it's at least level and put, when you dig the hole, mix in some compost in that hole. And then yeah, you yeah, put the, yeah. Okay, then you can just put the zoysia plug in there and just make sure that you keep it, you know, watered at least for a couple of weeks, especially when it's this dry and yeah. on days when we have wind. Well, I got flowers outside, so I have to water every day. So. Okay, great. <laughs> but no, it, okay, but when I put the okay, what about where the spot is? Is a little grass there? Do I have don't worry about that? Just get a spot where it's got dirt. Yeah, you can plant it, you know, with existing grass. But, you know, it's going to be, you know, problematic from the standpoint if this existing grass is a little bit more aggressive than the zoysia will be, especially initially, it could be Mm -hmm. problematic. But if you take care of the zoysia, it should be able to handle the situation as long as the soil is good. I can't put it in all the spots that I see is bare. Yeah. And you're doing what, five feet? How many feet apart? It's up to you. You can put them a few inches apart or you can put them a couple feet apart. It's going to take it a couple years to infill if you put them a couple feet apart. So what's the best Close together? Yeah, six or eight inches or a foot or so. Okay, thank you very much. Yep. Very Thanks, Gloria. And now let's go to Jerry, and Jerry is in Florissant. Hi, Jerry. Hey, Mike. I got a couple of questions for you. One of them is kind of stupid. Uh, what's the smallest pot that you would use depth and uh, width for maybe one tomato plant? I probably wouldn't have anything any smaller than probably, you know, 18 inches, to be honest. Across? Yeah. 
and deep wise too, because you can have you know you can grow tomatoes in smaller you know smaller pots, but it's just tomatoes need a huge amount of water, and if you put them in a really small pot, then they're gonna you know they're gonna the potting mix that you're planting them in is gonna be drying out. Maybe you're going to end up having to water a couple times a day, maybe, even if you put a saucer underneath it. So you got to have adequate area if, if you know, to hold enough potting mix for the tomato to get an adequate root system. And you're going to fertilize it on a regular basis because even all the tomatoes, whether they're cherry tomatoes or the big, you know, better boys and be, you know, best girl, whatever they happen to be, but they need a lot of space. You know, so 18 inches would be as small as I'd go. Okay, second question. Miracle Grow for plants. Can you put that on zoids? Is that kind of like a fertilizer? Well, it is, but uh, I don't like, you know, I don't know, you know, Miracle Grow, what the numbers are on it. So for, uh, you know, uh, any type of lawn circumstance, I don't like that first number, which is nitrogen, to be any higher than probably 15 would be the maximum. You know, 12 or 10 or something like that would be even a little bit better. So some of the Miracle Grow products are like 30, 10, 10 or something like that. That's not a number that I'd want to put on my lawn. Okay. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yep. And now let's go to Joanne and Belfont and Neighbors. Hi, Joanne. Hi. I have a question about pre-emergent. Uh-huh. Uh, is it different from just weed killer? Yes. Pre-emergent okay. kills the plant's seeds as they grow. Okay. So when the seed germinates, it kills them right then. You put a pre-emergent down in your area and the plants are already growing, the weeds or whatever it happens to be, it's not going to do anything. I see. All right. Now, uh, if I were to apply it in the fall and in the spring, is it the same product? Yes, basically it's the same product, and each time you're getting rid of a couple different weeds because okay. in, the, in the fall what it is is cool season weeds are germinating and growing through the entire winter time. Then in the spring it's the warm season weeds that are germinating and then growing through the entire summertime. So, but it would be the same product. Yeah, you could use the same product. Okay, and after you put down that uh, in the uh, when. Could you put down grass seed after you put down the pre-emergent? I would, <laughs> to be honest with you, if you got to do that, I would not. I just avoid it, to be honest, to put avoid- you know, putting grass seed down because it's just it's going to be too complicated with our weather and everything else. I mean, there there is a window of you know opportunity or time, but uh, you know, I would I would not fool with trying to do that. Uh. Well, I figure if I put down the pre-emergent, I'm going to have an awful lot of bare spots. Right. But And so you, I shouldn't put grass seed in there? You get the grass seed down now, you know, and you could grow. In May is a great time to put grass seed down. So you could do that and then consequently then wait until mid to late August to put the you know pre-emergent down. Then your grass will be, you know, in good shape. I see. Okay. And... Uh, uh, in the spring, would that be like March? Uh, uh, basically, I always t- say pre-emergent should be put down when the yellow forsythia is in bloom. Uh-huh. Or if you get a soil thermometer, when your soil temperatures are between 50 and 55 for several days in a row. Okay. All right, fine. Thank you very much. Certainly. Good luck with that. And Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Once again, here's Mike Miller on KMOX. Yes, folks, Mother's Day weekend. My mother's no longer with us, my father either. But on Mother's Day, this tradition started off when we were kids. My mother, (laughs) 
we always wanted to cook something for her for Mother's Day. So she kept it simple. She always said, just make some soup. <laughs> so soup, and then we'd buy a cake. And so it was soup and cake. We always called it some, yeah, we always had that thing, soup and cake. So for Mother's Day. Let's go now to St. Charles and go into William's yard. Hi, William. Well, good morning, everyone. Hi, Mike. I Hi. hope you're well. Yes. I seem, I, Mike, I seem to be having a wabbit problem. Rabbit? A wabbit problem. Yes. And I have, of course, being a, uh, an intelligent man over the age of 50, I have at my disposal anywhere from a slingshot to a 10 gauge. <laughs> I also, well, I also have a secret weapon, mothballs. But I'm concerned that the naphthalene will leach into the soil and ruin my tender roses or any of my other vegetation. What do you suggest? Yes, uh, you know, I mean, you could try a repellent, but uh, are the rabbits actually really causing you problems? It's either that or the squirrels, <laughs> one or the other. And I love them both. I mean, I don't want to kill anybody, but I love my flowers, too. Right. Well, I, you know, Bonite has a product called Repels All. So I would right. go to your favorite garden center and see if they have the Repels All and try that and see how that works for you. It repels pretty much any kind of rodent, you know, mammal, anything like that. You don't think the naphthalene would be beneficial? No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> I won't try that. Okay. And also, I'm sitting out in my garden as we speak, and I saw my first two hummingbirds for the season. Wow. Hallelujah. I got my feeder out. Great. Perfect. I haven't seen any yet. Yeah, no, I've heard uh, that they've, they're out, and yes, they are. St. Charles. Perfect. I guess Mike, they bypass the city. Yeah. Mike, have a great day. Thank well, you. Well, thank you, and thanks for calling in, and thanks for having me on your show. Let's go from St. Charles to West County. And, Russ, how are you today? I'm well. Great. Uh, the, lady, the lady was calling about the watermelon a while ago. Right. Um, one of the things that she wants to do is remember it is a vine. You want to plant it on the eastern portion of your property. It will grow to the west. It follows the sun. Right. You also want to take, and she said you have rocks, that's good for the water in that content. You could, if you've got the ability to put some tilt, put some sand in there, that would do also. That's very that true. Would. Make sure you use traction sand and not just the sandbox sand because that particle size is too small. And our clay soils together with that small you know, particle size sand can bake up in the summertime to be bricks. Correct. Now, when you were talking about the tomatoes a while ago, about the moisture content, the bigger right. draw, if one thing, if you're going to do that, a uh, way to make something interesting is to plant your the tomato plants and put a dowel rod out there and stake them to grow up as high as you can. What, you follow what I'm going sure, so far? Sure, yeah. Okay, now after that, if you've got the ability and you don't want to take a long drive anywhere, you can mix yourself in some indigo sativa-type plants out there. And when you put that in there, it's going to hide itself with the tomatoes. Oh, you're kidding. Well, I think it's going to be a little bit. It's not, going to, right. it's not like you're going to grow these things out there. It's going to be very obvious. <laughs> and, and you know what I'm talking about, yes. too. And if you take and you crop them down, they'll bush out and they won't get tall. won't draw a lot of attraction. You can also, my grandfather um, used to, well, he turned me on to doing that when I was a kid. He also, he did something very unusual. He used to grow hot plants. And he would splice the sativa or the indigo plant to the hot plant. That would have a very interesting taste. And he made beer that was very, very unusual. Really? So you're talking you know, about hop, the vine, the hops for beer? That, and he, he spliced uh, sativa mm -hmm. into that? 
Yep. And then you got, wow. you, got that, you got you got you got a buzz off that. I've got some friends of mine who live out in Colorado. What they do, they've got hot houses, and what they're doing is they're growing their own plants more than what's supposed to be adding a point. And they've got a bee's nest in there, beehive. The bees are making honey that give you a buzz also. <laughs> True. Now, T's Farm used to have a beehive in there, you know, attached to one of their greenhouses as well. I don't think they have it anymore. But what it was is the, you know, the beekeeping society or whatever, they maintained it. But that's a very good idea. Of course. That way you get a lot of, you get a little toast with a wake-up call in the morning. Right. Very true. Well, thanks, Russ. Well, you you, you got to remember that sativa, uh, indigo, too, and plants, indigo is more for an insomnia and pain, and sativa is more for an awareness-type uh, usage. Oh. Uh, I believe in that very much. And if you also something else here, and I'm very much on doing things that most people don't believe in, if you read a story about uh, from John Hopkins uh, about six months ago, they did a study on people using magic mushrooms. And they were talking about how this takes anxiety away from people, calms them down, helps people quit smoking, and people who are terminal to ex- put themselves in a way that they're going to accept the end of their life much easier. Wow. Well, thanks a lot. I mean, that's some great insight on several different things, Russ. Now let's go to Greenville over in Illinois into Kathy's yard. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Mike. We had so many weeds in our lawn this uh, past spring, and so uh, I couldn't use weed killer because I wanted to plant grass, so I went ahead and hand-weeded our lawn. Nuts. But um, anyway, then I aerated and I put down some garden soil, and then I worked that in, and then I seeded it and put a top layer of potting soil, but I didn't put any straw down on top of that. But the rains last week washed away a lot of the potting soil and grass seed. So when I reseed, should I put on a light layer of straw? No, I don't think straw does any good personally. I've okay. yet to see. My, you know, my fear of straw is if it's laying there and even unless you've got one straw blade, you know, piece and there's not a pile of them and even a couple because it can create a fungus problem. And nothing is worse for, you know, newly germinated any kind of seed than fungus. So I just, you know, the whole straw thing. Now, I, you know, I recommend definitely putting tops, you know, putting potting soil or whatever you put down on the top layer. That's not really going to do too much. If you want to put something down, put, you know, put compost because unless you've got a really a fairly steep slope, the compost is going to stay where you put it. And, the, you know, okay. it, any kind of lower, you know, lighter type thing is going to definitely migrate away. And sometimes not even doesn't take rainfall. It could be a strong wind or something like that could, be, you know, could move it away from where you want it. But, uh, right. you know, I, you know, the, you can use, you know, like a weed be gone, a broadleaf weed killer, if those are the type of weeds you have, and it's not an annual bluegrass weed. And you can use that, you know, not necessarily on the same day. You should probably wait for a week or so after you spray a broadleaf weed killer before you put grass seed down. But those two type things are compatible with each other. Oh, I see. Well, the other problem is, is I was doing all this digging. I um, we have a lot of grubs. Uh, so when can I put down grub X? Uh, basically, you know, grub seasons. If you're seeing them up close to the surface, then you can put them down. You can put it down now. Even though I planted that grass seed, right? Yeah. Okay. This is an insecticide. Grub X or any of those type things that kills the bugs. That doesn't really impact the. It's not related to plant material at all. Okay, great. Okay, I just didn't want to ruin all my hard work. <laughs> 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 okay, well, thanks a lot. Yeah, sure. And you know, myself, I have been hand weeding too. 
And I'll tell you, sometimes I don't have a huge yard. I live in the city and everything else. But uh, boy, you know, a full day of weeding, you know, the bed spaces between the street and the sidewalk and then the lawn areas and then some of the bed areas and things like that. Boy, oh boy, this has just been a horrible, you know, weed season. Also, with the sugar maples around the house, you know, they produce, they don't produce the seeds like the silver maples, the huge helicopters. But these small ones, wherever they land, they don't even have to be in contact with the soil. They just germinate. So I have like a maple tree forest, or potentially. So I just go along and you pick them up. But uh, I mean, sooner or later, your back starts feeling oh, getting oh, my back and my wrist. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm in a bad, bad, bad way too because I just I weeded for several days. We don't have a huge lawn, but it was really a lot of work. But yeah. you know what? I want a, I want a grass seed that germinates as well as those maples. Uh, uh, that's what I want. I agree. You know, I mean, it's just like as soon as they hit the ground, you know, I've watched a couple of them just, you know, from a curiosity standpoint. If the weather's right, temperature-wise and moisture's right, they can, I mean, sprout within like two to three days. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You need to work on that. (laughs) (laughs) Get a great grass seed. Thanks so much, Mike. Sure. And now let's stay in Illinois and go over to Tom's yard. And Tom lives in Illinois, as I said. Hi, um, I got a quick question. Two questions, really. One is that uh, I've got a backyard that's got some bare spots in it from a dog running, you know, with it running its path, and the dog's not there anymore. Is it too late to put some seed down? I mean, it, the grass is growing. Other than that, other than the, the few, you know, the the, the the one or two paths that the dog has run a, a, a you know, a path through. No, May is really the ideal month to put it in. It's just this one's a little bit warmer or hotter than usual. So you're going to have to just watch the seed that you put down, you know, a little bit more as far as moisture-wise and things like that. But don't let just throw it into these bare spots. You're going to have to, if you wanted to do it right, I don't know if you have a rototiller. I don't know if you have a spade. But turn the area over. Let it kind of level out. You know, add some compost or organic matter with it. And then put the seed down. Because if you just throw the seed down, you're just wasting your time. Okay. Now, the next question is, is I have a tree there in the backyard, uh, and uh, the root has uh, gotten really big, and it's growing, and it's caused the driveway to buckle a little bit. Ooh. Uh, what's the ramifications if I clear that area around around that root and, 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 and trim down that root or chop it down? I mean, is it going to kill the tree? Well, it may not kill it, but it could weaken it because the root system amount, the biomass, how much root system there is, is directly related to how much above ground growth there is for the tree because they have to be pretty much equal because the root system takes up nutrients and moisture, sends it up to the leaves, and the leaves then use sunlight plus the nutrients and moisture to make food, and that keeps the tree healthy. So depending upon how large this tree is, as far as how, you know, and then how large this root system is, it won't kill, but it could cause a little bit of decline. Okay, well, the tree's pretty big. I mean, it's, it's I mean, we, golly, I think we planted it like 25 years ago, okay. and it's just, and it's, I mean, it's, 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 it's gotten big. Right. <laughs> So. Yeah, it's an unfortunate thing, but uh, you could try, but just understand that, uh, you know, you could be impacting the overall health of your tree. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Yep. Appreciate it. Appreciate and, your service. Well, thank you for having me on, and thanks for having me on your show. If anybody does have any questions, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. 
Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service on KMOX. Yes, folks, we've still got a couple minutes in this hour and then the next hour of the Garden Hotline. So let's go right now to Kitty, and Kitty lives in Melville. Hi, Kitty. Hi, how are you doing? Very good. I have a Japanese maple that's out in the front of my yard, and it's kind of the focal point of my landscaping. Mm-hmm. It's the kind that has that uh, has the feathering leaves on it and it right. drapes down. Well, this winter, or I should say late winter, the squirrels got a hold of it, and it looked like Charlie Brown's Christmas tree. Whoa. They chewed off almost every branch on there except for maybe five. So I've got, and they're, those five branches are growing. I mean, they have leaves on them. Right. I contacted my arborist that I have come out, and, and he just kind of, he said, oh, don't touch it. Let it alone. I said, but it looks horrible. It's like, it's the focal point of my landscaping. I want to know your opinion. If I would dig that out, I know it's still alive, and if I would dig it out and just put it somewhere else in my yard where it's not the focal point, do you think it would still survive? Uh, this is getting a little bit late to be digging something and transplanting. Okay. Especially with the weather. Now, you could try it. It's just going to mean that it's going to be somewhat iffy. Now, like this is an Acer palmatum dissectum if it has that very airy look to the foliage and kind of looks like an umbrella sitting there. Yes. Now, one thing you could do is go to your favorite garden center. I don't know how big this was. They don't really get much taller than what they are when you buy them, but they get much wider. Wider, So, consequently, you could go and buy a couple small ones and just plant them in close proximity to this one and just let them grow together as like a small Japanese maple grove. Oh, I didn't think about that. Okay. (laughs) So that's going to give you the option of, you know, not having to take the chance on digging it and moving it and then putting something in there that's, you know, not going to have any kind of structure or status too much, you know, at all for a couple of years. Yeah, it it looks so sad. Right. I, you know, I've never really heard of the squirrels chewing oh, on Oh, you, I had a whole apartment complex under the hood of my car this year. Wow. <laughs> man, I oh mean, man. I had teenagers, I had mom and dad, I had everybody underneath there. I'll tell you what, Melville sounds a little scary when it comes to squirrels. <laughs> oh, they're horrible. <laughs> right. they're, I don't know, they're the bane of my existence. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate your opinion. I just wanted to get a second one. My arbor says, leave it alone, and right. I'm like, Ooh. Yeah. Anything that's, you know, any of the tips of the branches that are, you know, shredded. Usually when squirrels, you know, chew off something, they almost make a professional cut, like at a 45-degree angle. That's what he thought, because I sent him a picture, and he said, why why did you prune that like that? And I said, I didn't prune it like that. So, so I mean, and that's, you're right. That's absolutely the case. They must have just been really bored. Well, I think they were looking for a warm place. They didn't like the nest in the tree. They liked the, my engine, I think, <laughs> in my car. So anyway, just you know, put this. You know, if you want to get a couple new ones and okay. just you know, position them, especially position them so when you look out your window or your most important view, that's going to be you know, let's say buffered with the new ones that you're you know putting in. Well, that's a good idea because I am redoing the front, so okay. that that is a good idea. Well, I appreciate your advice, and I'll take it under consideration. <laughs> great. Well, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Have a great day. Yep. And, folks, for the next hour, 314-436-7900 or one uh, One thing, also, speaking of squirrels, if you have an oak tree or when you take a walk or something, you notice a bunch of small branches, eh, six or eight inches you know, laying on the ground underneath your oak trees, 
That is squirrels, too. You can just, all you have to do is pick up one of them, and if it's cut at a 45-degree angle very professionally, the squirrels are doing that. A lot of them, what they do is they don't have, it's not necessarily they don't have anything to do. It's not like they're eating them or anything. They have to chew. Squirrels' teeth, the lower teeth would grow into the upper part of their mouth, and so consequently, if they don't chew by chewing onto anything, that reduces the, or re- lessens the chance of that happening. So that's what's going on right now. I'm walk, When I take my walks, there are several oaks that have a lot of twigs. And it's, again, it's all related to the squirrels just chewing. And, so there's, and it's not bugs. It's not anything at all doing this. It's simply squirrels. So, I, but this is the first time, to be honest with you, I've heard of Japanese, or Japanese maples, you know, being chewed by uh, squirrels. So crazy stuff going on out there, and uh, who knows what's going to be next. So if you do have any questions, give us a call. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline. I certainly appreciate you all being there, and happy Mother's Day weekend. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.